Welcome back to another episode of Off The Air Broadcast, which was formerly known as The Hoops and Love Podcast. In today's episode, we will discuss the NBA Finals and how the Golden State Warriors won the championship in six games against the Boston Celtics. We will also discuss an outlook of the offseason and an outlook of many NBA teams and how they will move forward from the results of this season. Let's start with the Boston Celtics, who after taking a 2-1 series lead, couldn't muster up the effort to to advance and win the finals, unfortunately. The Boston Celtics continuously turned the ball over an abundance amount of times throughout these finals, and in Game 6, it showed drastically where they turned the ball over 22 times. They couldn't take care of the ball. They couldn't hit shots. They were complaining about fouls a lot. Players were in foul trouble. Jason Tatum didn't really have a centric game. He didn't really carry his team like he was supposed to. But giving props to them because of their start to this year's season and how they came together and won, began the playoffs and how they got to the finals. Props to them, but they couldn't just finish the job. On the other side, the Warriors, man, their dynasty, four championships in eight years, what a great team. They've had built a great culture, great staff, great front office, great players. You know, Steph Curry has four championships now. He finally got that finals MVP. He finally shut up all the haters, you know, that core of Draymond the Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. I think that is one of the best all-time trios in the NBA history. And newcomers of the team, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, John Kaminga, James Wiseman, they get a taste of that NBA Finals life and championship life. And they will definitely, Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole will definitely get a huge payday coming this offseason. I do believe that the Warriors will be back in the finals next season, so I'm excited for that. And they really are one of the best teams of all time, one of the best organizations of all time. And you can't appreciate them enough because they're just a product for greatness, you know? Andrew Wiggins. I'm giving props to this man. He came into the league as the number one pick, a highly talented prospect at high school, came from Kansas, got traded to the Timberwolves on draft night, won rookie of the year, averaged 20 points in the rookie season, and then he began to be known as a stat stuffer on an empty team, or empty stats. And like he can't win, he got no motor, he just scores the ball, but it doesn't produce winning. Like, come on, bro. Like, Andrew Wiggins in the series defended Jason Tatum so well 
that he couldn't get off. He couldn't go off and score 30 plus points or whatever. Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum just struggled when being defended by Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins had signature games in game five. He scored 26 points, 13 rebound game. Like he was definitely and, and I believe the second best player on the Warriors during this finals. And he will definitely get a huge payday. And uh, very excited for that to see where that goes. And reports are coming out that both sides are wanting to link up and get a contract extension or start the talks for this offseason. So happy for that. You know, you hear that. The Warriors culture, on the other hand, is just great to be a part of like once you get drafted there you know you're a part of a team that won multiple championships has been to multiple finals appearances knows how to win knows what it takes to win they have the coaching staff to prove that i mean when you have steve Kerr, who now has nine nba championships it's just like what can you what can you do wrong and how do you how does things go wrong now after after Kevin Durant left and went to the Nets and they had a two-year hiatus from the finals and them going 15 and 50 the one year and then they couldn't get past the playing tournament with the Grizzlies and then that famous press conference with Steph Curry where he said you don't want to see us next year and then the next year they win the finals like bro the the Golden State Warriors are at the pinnacle of excellence right now, and I don't believe anyone is going to be able to stop them anytime soon. And I'm excited to see what they have in store for the future. Players like Kevon Lee, who an X Factor, bro. He was drafted in 2015, 30th pick in the first round, an X Factor at that. He just bodied and played defense and grabbed rebounds and did his thing. Now he's a three-time champion. I am so happy for him, bro. Like James Wiseman, Young Buck, who got the second overall, had injuries and didn't really play this year. Played in the G League, but didn't play in the finals. But he is a champion, now. so he has that experience to take on and prove better. The whole Warriors core, their young core, is going to improve, and I believe they. Or just after Steph Clay and Draymond retired, they're gonna carry on the legacy of those players in the finals. I'm excited to see that. I, on the other hand, had Boston winning in seven, which now it's like, why did I pick against greatness, bro? Like, I don't understand why I did that. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. The Golden State Warriors are just great, and they will always be great. Now with an look to the NBA offseason, and t- the team I want to highlight first is the Los Angeles Lakers. The Los Angeles Lakers were 
undoubtedly a disappointing team this year. They didn't make the point. They didn't make the playoffs. They couldn't do anything right this year. Even with LeBron averaging 30 plus points and him being in year 19, that's unheard of, bro. And with injuries to Anthony Davis, they couldn't just get it right. And my thing is, like, what are they going to do this offseason to improve the team to try and win another championship? Because LeBron's clock is ticking, bro. He's going to enter year 20, and Anthony Davis is just injury prone. It's like, is it worth it? to have Anthony Davis on the team if he's not going to be healthy. Now, Anthony Davis, a healthy AD is unstoppable. And a healthy AD brings the world, brings the Lakers championships. And it's just unfortunate if he ends up getting injured again and they miss out on the playoffs. But I wonder what that is going to be like next year because I have no idea where they're going to go in the direction of like moves now they did hire a new head coach in Darvin Ham from the Milwaukee Bucks and who he has won the championship he has played in the league he won the championship with the 2004 Pistons and all that and he is really a defensive minded coach and hopefully they will get back to the defensive team that won the championship in 2020. Now with Russell Westbrook and his $44 million player option, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that because they tried to trade him during the deadline. No one wanted to take him without a first round pick. They didn't want to give that up. And if Russell Westbrook, can he improve or is he going to be the same exact player that he's always been? Or, I mean, he gives you a trouble double, but does it lead to wins? And the way he plays, is that the right type of play style for the Lakers? Or is the Lakers like, like the right type of culture for Russell Westbrook? And hopefully they will improve next year. I'm not sure where they're going to go. But it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Because I know it's the Lakers. It's one of the historic franchises. And it's like you want them to win. You want... LeBron may capture another title because he is one of the greatest of all time players, in my opinion, possibly the GOAT that's up for debate for another time, you know? But yeah, we'll have to see where this goes forward with the Lakers. The Dallas Mavericks made it to the Western Conference Finals with Luka Doncic for the first time in his career. Unfortunately, they fell to the Golden State Warriors, the eventual champions. The Dallas Mavericks have to now put pieces around Luka to be successful. And I think with the Christian Wood trade, they have addressed the center position that was really a weakness in the Golden State Warriors series. I believe that the Dallas Mavericks will eventually get to the finals in two to three years, if possible, with Luka 
And if they put enough talent around him to be good, because Luca is a generational talent, and he can ultimately carry a team by himself in some instances, but his teammates need to be able to hit shots. Because in the series against the Golden State Warriors, players like Reggie Bullock and Maxi Kleber went 0 for 25 combined. And that's just really just graceful to watch when you're getting wide open shots and you're not able to hit them. And the Dallas Mavericks, with Mark Cuban as owner, I feel like. They can ultimately try to persuade someone in pregnancy to come in, maybe like a Zach Levine if he doesn't resign with the Chicago Bulls. Unfortunately, reports are that Zach Levine may come and resign back with the Bulls, but also there's reports that the Bull that the Portland Trailblazers are looking to sign Zach Levine, and so yeah. Back to what I was saying about the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks have an they don't really have a window because they haven't made it to the finals. Luke is like 22 years old. So I think they're going to be okay for the foreseeable future. And I'm excited to see what they're doing this offseason. Now, heading into this year's draft, the 2022 NBA draft, the top prospects are Chet Holcomb, Jabari Smith, and Paul Petrow. We covered this in another episode, a recent of the, one of the first episodes of the podcast, but now that the draft is like a week away, I can take a closer look at the prospects and what teams. So the Orlando Magic have the number one pick, and I believe that they will select, they will select Jabari Smith because he's like a modern day big with the stretch four, he can run the floor, he can shoot at a high efficient rate. And I think Chet Holmgren is capable of being the number one pick. I'm just not sure what the Magic is looking for. And just because they already have Muhammad Bamba. If like they still think he is something that could be there. But I think if Chet doesn't go number one. He's going to go to the Thunder. Because that's basically what the Thunder needs. on the run the floor. Run run shoot threes. Basically if him and. Uh, I'm going to try to say this name. But I know I'm probably going to butcher it. Aleskif Puskasevsky, that young Rick that they drafted out of Croatia, I think. He and Chad Holmgren could run the four, run the four and the five. So that's really interesting. With third pick, I think the... With the third pick, I believe the, um, the Rockets... No, with the third, uh, yeah, the third pick, I believe the Rockets are gonna go Paolo Bintro. because I mean they have Jalen Green, they have Josh Gasper, they're just on They just traded Christian Woods. They need another big man. The Sacramento Kings with the fourth pick, they go another guard, but then you have Mitchell, you have Fox, you have if they draft Jaden Ivey. So I'm not sure. It's really a dumb so far over there. And they have a new head coach with Mike Brown. Now, so it's kind of interesting. The Pistons, I think they could go a guard if possible. Jaden Ives there, Johnny Davis. They could also go center with Jalen Duran. It's really up for grabs after the top three picks are up. So I'm really excited for the draft next week, and we'll talk more about that 
after the draft happens, and I'll do a whole recap of it. Hope you guys enjoy that. The last and final team I will be conducting an all-season look at is the Brooklyn Nets. Now, the Brooklyn Nets were basically a disaster this whole te- entire season. They started with James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. Then, Kyrie Irving couldn't play because of COVID restrictions, him not having the vaccine. Then, they started to lose like 11 games straight at one point. Then, James Harden went out, so they traded for Ben Simmons. Then, Ben Simmons didn't play because he had quote-unquote mental issues, which I'm not trying to knock. He also said he had back issues, so he didn't play the entire season. Then, in the playoffs... They got bounced out in, like, the second round, I believe. I have to double-check on that, but I think they got bounced out in the second round. They didn't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They didn't make it to the Finals. So, it was basically a failure for them. And with this, it's like, is KD ever going to escape the fact that everyone believes that he went to Golden State and won two championships and just dipped and then is that going to have a stand on his career where he doesn't win another championship again and people are going to look at those two championships and say oh you went to join a team that won 73 games a year before and won two championships with them while you were there and then you leave and then you can't win another championship what does that say about you as an NBA player that you need to be, you can't be the number one alpha dog on the team. You need to have four other all-stars on your team, which is a really interesting take to say about Kevin Durant. And you know how he always gets in his feelings on Twitter and responds to comments. If I was like a sports writer right now and release this podcast, a famous sports writer and release this podcast episode out, and he saw this, he'd probably respond to me say some bull crap on Twitter about how, like, hey, you all fake media, you're, we the new media, you don't have any empowerment over me and all that bull crap he always talks about. So, like, with Kevin Durant, it's really interesting because sometimes he just be, he just is really petty and it's really interesting to see what he has to say to the reporters, the media, every time he speaks, it's always a soap opera. And I think that if he doesn't want a championship here in Brooklyn, then I feel like it's just going to be a waste of time for his career and anything, knowing that he could have stayed with Golden State and won some more championships, and maybe people would have opened up to the idea of him actually being able to win championships on his own in a sense. You know how he left OKC, he left Russell Westbrook, he went to Golden State after they lost to the Cavaliers in the 2016 Finals, and then they won two championships, and they were dominant for those two years, but then it's like, are they trying to invalidate those championships that Kevin Durant won? No, I'm saying that he hasn't proven that he can't win a championship on his own. Like, those championships don't have any real meaning since he joined a team that was already pretty stacked. You know what I'm you know what I'm trying to get at, right? So I'm just saying I'm not saying he's a great 
and I'm not saying he's in the Hall of Fame. I'm saying he has to prove that he can win the championship when he is the sole leader of the team and not saying that he has to be the only good player on the team. I'm just saying when he's the sole leader, like, this is his team. He joined the team with the Warriors. It was Steph and Clay's team. It was Steph Clay's and Draymond's team. And, you know, I mean, I know he took over, but, like, it was always Steph, Steph's team, not Kevin Durant's team. You know what I'm saying? So, like, his career values is really going to be interesting once his career is over and see all his accomplishments throughout NCAA. There's asterisks on those championships that he has won. So I'm really intrigued by what he does. And with Kyrie Irving as well, he left Cleveland to try and see if he can lead a team on his own. But that didn't work in Boston when he said he was going to resign. And then at the end of the season, he said, I'm out. Or he doesn't. He just left Boston without, like, saying that, okay, I messed up in Cleveland. I shouldn't have left LeBron. I know he left LeBron because LeBron probably was going to leave in for agency and all that. But, like, they could have won a couple more championships with each other. And it's, like, the crazy thing with Kyrie Irving is, like, he could have been available to Brooklyn the entire season if he took the vaccine. Now, I get it. I get it. I get it. It's politics with that stuff, and that's a little touchy subject. But it also reminds me of the fact that Kyrie Irving is a weird character when it comes to stuff like that in the media. Like, one time he called the media pawns in a Twitter post by Nick Wright. And that was just really funny to hear. And it's like, both of those guys, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, I feel like they just, sometimes they kind of get in their feelings when it comes to the media and just doesn't focus on the fact that they're multi-million dollar basketball players and it doesn't really matter what they say. They respond to every little criticism that happens to them. And it kind of messes up with the team. And if they just end up not winning a championship together, then all they did was for nothing. And it, and it's just upsetting that they're basically one of the worst super teams of all time. Because you had James Harden, an MVP. You had Kevin Durant, an MVP. You had Kyrie Irving, a champion. So, like... What what else is there that you have to do? You have to put you're gonna have to put the Avengers together for Kevin Durant to win the title by himself. Like, come on, bro. Like, I know, I get it. You won two titles in um with the Warriors. Now you gotta win one. Kyrie Irving, you won a title with LeBron, but you left because you wanted to be your own man, your own leader, and you left the Boston. Because, what, you were too immature to lead that young team to a finals appearance? Come on, bro. And you went to Brooklyn like, oh, we're about to run the league or something? You, James Harden, and Kevin Durant? It didn't work out. Because the chemistry wasn't even there. James Harden dipped after, like, 10 games, bro. Y'all went on that 11-game winning streak. He dipped and went to Philadelphia, and he didn't even make it to the finals or Eastern Conference finals. So it's like that whole squad is just a failure. And it's going to have a really interesting stand on history come years down the line. So, like, 
is this really the defining moment for their careers? I'm not sure, but it really puts it in perspective of how they carry themselves as NBA players. The last topic I will discuss today is D.R. Johnson and his commitment to Pittsburgh and how this affects the transfer portal for college sports. Basically, D.R. Johnson was committed to Syracuse at one point in his career, and then he decommitted, then reopened his commitment, then committed to Oregon, then like for two weeks he was committed to Oregon, then two weeks later he decommitted to Oregon and opened his opened his recruitment back up and committed to Pittsburgh. Now, that's you're saying that's only he did all that move to Pittsburgh to get to Pittsburgh but like the crazy thing is for his high school career, this man went to like 20 high schools in one season. I'm exaggerating. For, he went to like 20 high schools, bro. He moved, he kept moving high schools. I'm not sure how this affects the transfer portal for high school or for college. Because is the transfer portal broken in high school and college sports? If you look at it, how are these players moving from one high school to another high school within a short amount of time? It just doesn't make sense to me sometimes. And I ask myself sometimes, like, are they breaking rules? Are they getting paid? What is going on in college sports? In high school sports? What is going on? Like with the NIL deals? In college sports? Like you can see that how that's affecting the transfer portal in college football with Lincoln Riley being the head coach of USC and taking players from. Oklahoma to USC, like you can see how the transfer portal affects college sports in the terms of football and how this could bleed through the recruitment process for high school basketball players with the NIL deals and how certain schools have more money to offer them, more deals, better deals. You know what I'm saying? Like NIL is really great, but it has some weird or weird things going on, weird stigmas about it, and then it's like, that needs to be fixed out before things get out of hand. At some point, it could get out of hand. And, it really doesn't make sense to me, now. Like, NIL is really great for the sport, and I'm happy that it happened, because college players should have been paid a long time ago. Like, when Zion went to Duke, he could have made millions before he got to the NBA. But no, they didn't want to pay them, and now it's like, yo, destroying really paved the way for these dudes. I mean, come on. In other news, Scoot Henderson signs with Puma, which he's in the G League. He's on the G League Night team. He signs with Puma, and that roster includes players like Mikey Williams, who's still in high school. This man signed that contract as you do one. Still be in high school? I mean, yeah, I get it. NIL again. Like, how NIL is changing sports. It's crazy, bro. 
it doesn't make any sense to me how you can get paid to play basketball while you're in high school if you're like a top 20 prospect. And like, it just sports in general is just changing for the better. And it's really awesome to see how social media has influenced the culture around sports. Also, we have to discuss Trenton Flores, who has picked up a lot of buzz recently. He has gotten a lot of offers from UCF, Arkansas, Virginia Tech. He's gotten a lot of offers, and I have no doubt in my mind he will be a top five ranked player when he comes out in senior class. He can definitely reach that number one potential, number one player ranked potential, and I am excited to see where his career goes. And I'm just excited to see what he does in college in the NBA because he's a special talent. And one day I hope to see him play in person so I can actually see how good he is. But I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and I'll see you guys next time. Remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel at Off The Air Broadcast and follow all socials at Off The Air Broadcast on TikTok and Instagram. And hope you guys are enjoying this podcast and hope I'm entertaining enough for y'all.